Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, hey, welcome back to Dark Place Dreamers Season 2. It's myself and, well, now you have not escaped the name, <laughs> uh, Dark Place Robert. If we'd called it something else, you could have escaped the name, but myself yeah, and Robert. Do you know something? I just got to I just gotta roll with it at this point. I'm just Dark Place Robert. <laughs> brand. Um, I think everybody, I'll just leave everybody worrying about me. Well, you know, uh, so, after after getting Alex to call into Books Boys to talk about 1984, I almost renamed him Dystopian Alex. Um, but then I think that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not, uh, you know, these are some strange nicknames you're throwing about the place. <laughs> I'm not going to ask what nicknames people have for me because they will hurt my feelings. Robert, They're what are we doing today? and charming. So <laughs> I, I finally managed to twist your arm into doing an actual review on a comic book. And I've we done did the superheroes. It's a super, well, it's not a superheroes. This is um, <laughs> a comic book. Sorry. So this is a series on Netflix that's um, based off a comic book series written by Neil Gaiman. Uh, it's a comic book series. It's very close to my heart. I read it when I was a teenager. I was absolutely obsessed with this. It's uh, an interesting one because it takes place in DC, the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Superman and Batman do actually feature in the comic books, but they're kind of background characters. So while all of that is taking place, this story actually follows this character, the Dream. Do they appear in the series? Uh, they don't actually. Um, in the rest of the series, yeah. yeah. So you've managed to avoid that. There's one superhero, I guess. I don't even think it. I wouldn't consider them a superhero, but it's. Um, comes later on and we'll talk about that one. they're gonna shoehorn it in this happened before they got me hooked you know, on season one of game of thrones and then they introduced dragons and dragons are one of my no goes um, oh there's so the dragon just... in the next episode are you oh okay no you've done it ah. <laughs> when they make me like things it's, and then they bring in the, the series is called the sandman it's all about dreams how were you not expecting somebody to dream up a dragon it I mean, technically, it's also I don't not dream about a dragon. dragons. Do you know what I dream about? I dream that there's massive pieces of fruit, like oranges and bananas, floating in the sky like clouds, and I'm hopping around on them. I'm sure psychoanalysis. <laughs> so that's been a recurring dream since my childhood. Okay. Well, maybe we get to the end of the series and we'll actually be able to interpret those dreams. And there's going to be that episode at the end where they say, "Now, if you dream about giant fruit <laughs> in the sky, you are crazy. Get out of the house. Run away from him." <laughs> He's going to take out your insides and replace it with stuffing. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's grand. Anyway, so the series is called Sandman. It's based on the this endless character called the Dream. Uh, there are seven endless in total. I can't remember all of their names, but. Uh, Death is another one of the endless. So just this fundamental 
characteristic of the universe that is, uh, I always mispronounce this word, anthropomorphized into a person. The opening sequence of this episode that we just watched is um, the Magnus trying to capture death so that uh, they can essentially blackmail death into resurrecting Magnus's son yes. and somebody else's son. I can't remember that character either. No, that, that sounds in line with what I've watched. So, so before we go into like what happened, um, so you you read these comics when you were younger. So this is a new series, but it's old comics, right? Yes. Okay. So they just I don't know, pulled yeah, from the vault it's... of like, oh, what are we going to do next? What about that one that was floating about? Um, I suppose yes. It's it's one. It's a story that's written in one medium. Every story has been told in the history of humanity at this point. You know, once you've read the dictionary, every other book is just a rehash. Um, so this is just taking one medium. Uh, comic books and transferring it over to another medium, uh, a television mm. series or a Netflix series. Um, it's actually been done very, very well. It's very close to the comic books and uh, even a lot of the imagery is very, very close and is just generally done really, really well. There are some comic book adaptations that are just awful and deviate really? too far away from... Yeah, funnily wow. enough. I, oh, sorry, I would I'm never not... have believed that. I'm not even thinking of the MCU <laughs> and you probably don't even, you probably rejected those three letters out of your um, understanding. On yeah. Principle. So that's all the Marvel Iron Man stuff. Yeah, I know. I was actually thinking. And we watch, of, we watch Batman and Superman play chess uh, in Batman versus Superman and all the rest of it, you know. So that's no joke PJ and I have. We, we made the joke up way before they even <laughs> released the film. It was Batman versus Superman. And we said, well, versus in what sense? And we said, neither of us saw the film, by the way, but we said, I'm sure they don't verse each other. I'm sure they're teaming up. What are they going to do versus each other in a game of flipping chess? And that was, uh, and I've sticking to that, even though that was like 10 years ago when the film is now out and long forgotten about. And I don't know if they're a team or, or enemies in the film. So I genuinely thought that uh, you were making reference to an Injustice comic series which was Superman uh, versus The Flash in a game of chess and they're moving oh, all of the pieces did it already oh, they already did it and they actually had a lovely conversation about the role of superheroes and should Superman be you know flying around the place and getting no. involved in the no, Middle he, East and no he shouldn't like <laughs> well he should be he, you can't tell Superman what to what, you can't tell another human being what they can and can't physically Dude. Attention, this is a public service announcement. Superman, stop it. So I so yeah, look, let's let's give the 10-second recap here. Uh you made me watch something made by one of the comic book companies, and I was very, very like, uh, I don't know about this. Uh, we watched the first episode just half an hour ago there, and uh I really liked it. So yeah, I don't think I properly sold it to you. I didn't mention that all of it takes place in England. It's very British. No, so you gave me all these little details about like the end of time and the sand and the things and the dreams. And I was like, yeah, I'm hearing stuff and things and stuff. And then you watch it and I'm like, hold on, there's a little posh English boy in a mansion? Why didn't you just tell me that? <laughs> I feel like this was made for you. But also, <laughs> you know, I, I do want to get your take on a lot of the more bizarre things that the dream does do. Okay. Are are we all right to start walking through the episode? Let's go. All right. Just like a dream. So, um, yes. So they're trying to capture death. They accidentally capture the Sandman instead of the dream. 
So let's just talk about that real quick because they capture death. It's an interesting, well, they captured, sorry, the Sandman. Um, he himself is trying to like, capture or stop someone else in that moment, right? Who's yes. like a nightmare that he's created who will come back at the end of the episode. The most important thing here is he's got very funky octagonal sunglasses. Um, and he looks like a very cool, you know, 80s uh, chap. So that's vital. He is a hideous creation. I, <laughs> I don't like anything about him. Oh, no. Uh, you know so more about is, him than I do. This is the Corinthian. Oh, yeah, you're going to love him. Like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. You just told me he was terrible. Oh, yeah. No, he's terrible. But so are you. Um, in the most loving way. In the wow, most loving wow, way. Wow. So yes, the Sandman is trying to capture the Corinthian, a nightmare that has escaped the dream and has gone into reality and um, is just murdering people. Uh, so whenever the dream is captured by the Magnus, and also, by the way, the dream, Morpheus, the Endless, uh, he has many titles and nobody really agrees on any particular title. So, But we'll it's handy. Because we can still call the show Dark Place Dreamers because one of his names is The Dream and we didn't have to come up with a new title. <laughs> so that was very handy. Oh, yeah. No, it is. I've got a, I've got a running team now, apparently. That's it was almost uh, Sandman Survivors until I realized that A, that was a terrible name and B, we could call it the same thing that we called it before. <laughs> it's, you know, I feel like it was, you know, it was just Destiny, which is another one of the endless, actually. Oh. Um, he doesn't feature in the series. So, uh, where were we? He so captures, the- we were at the beginning, really. He captured, he, we got cool octagon glasses, and then the Magus captures the um, dreamy man. Yeah, this is quite interesting, because uh, the Corinthian isn't actually a big bad. In the comic books, he, you know, he's just a character that features much later on. Here, he's depicted coming to the house where the dream has been captured in and giving a lot of information to the Magnus about how to keep the dream and how to do all of this. All of that in the comic books, the Magnus had to work out by himself. So right. Actually, he doesn't know who he's captured, and he actually has to derive. Right. He, I feel like that was just uh, how do we move this plot along quicker in the TV show, you know? It, yeah, it was, because we, you know, we have no idea how the Corinthian got to the house so quickly. Yeah, he just appears, like, oh, he's all-knowing. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. Even if it was kind of like, I can sense where the dream is, he still has to get there. And that's going to be... Um, but then again, uh, there's a lot of time jumping around the place that could be yeah. more suggestive. Even on a first watch, I just kind of thought, oh, this is just like an easy way to get some exposition in, you know, where he that arrives and he's like, here's some facts that you need to know about the thing you just did. Bye-bye. <laughs> so he gives uh, very detailed instructions on how to keep the dream and why he'd want to keep the dream. So, um, you know grants him eternal life he tells him that if he gets out he's going to murder you brings like a that. purpose to the episode we're watching uh, that kind of stuff uh, <laughs> look if you let him go there's no show so keep him for a while oh there's a show there's lots of shows there's lots of stories to go on um but yes so they eventually construct a nice prison for the dream and this has yes yeah, so initially they have him in a circle humanity. in the ground which is kind of holding him in like a in like a circle of salt wards off Dracula kind of way in like he can't step out of the realm of the circle and then he's like yeah 
that's not really gonna work though so by the time he wakes up maybe have like a cool glass sphere thing that he literally can't get out of it's like okay yeah let's try that yeah so that does make a lot of sense it's gonna stop him from just walking out of the little circle i guess yeah um but what do we think so a little bit of setting here they're in this fancy big mansion and there's like an old magus guy who is tywin lannister and there's some servants and things and he's a dead he has a dead son that he really loved and a living son that he's uninterested in and then he says things like you know i really miss that one good son i had and this poor little posh english boy is kind of like oh papa no not quite like that but it's sad um but he just lets the sun see all these things. He's got like weird cult people in his house chanting like, fear the darkness, fear the darkness. And then it didn't build yeah. into the Iron Maiden song. But they're all with their hoods and doing weird <laughs> rituals. And it's like, oh, you didn't even send the boy to bed. It's just like, yeah, you can just watch this weird thing where we like summon a demon. I mean, in some ways, that could be a form of, we've seen him that he can be quite abusive to the sun. That could just be another form of abuse. It's like, here, boy, watch how weird I am. He didn't mm. get yeah, I mean, that, these are my initial thoughts. But then, yeah, as we get on, we realize that, no, he, he's actually just abusive. So that's, that's you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, the fact that they get a close-up of the boy looking sad whenever he says, ah, my, poor, my, my loving son, he was the joy of my life. And just the child. Yeah. Funny. If only I had a son I could love. The other guy's like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's very close to the comic books as well. Um, so moving forward. Well, what sequence happened next? Do you remember? Um, what would be the most noteworthy thing that happens next? They grow up. So, yes, yeah, so sometimes there's some time jumps. They do grow up a bit. Some time passes. And we realize that the he's had the guy captured for 10 years. Um, the guy, though, is very sexy. <laughs> very sexy guy. This, this is another reason why I thought you'd enjoy the show. He... Well, you looked him up and you said outside of the show, he's not so sexy. But at least in the show, he's depicted in a very sexy way. He's in this glass sphere and he's naked the entire episode. Now, this is the acting role that I want. It's like you'll not really say any, you don't, you can, well, he speaks a little bit at the end. It's like for three quarters of the episode, you don't have to learn any lines and you lie down (laughs) naked and that's really all you do. It's like, okay, I can get into that. (laughs) Yep. I mean, that's it's it's a very easy role, and he just has to look smouldering all of the time. Mm. And they won't let him that's out, the- and he won't speak. He doesn't speak at all um, to them. And the dad, can, you know, the Magus, kind of keeps saying, "Bring back my son, and also make me like immortal and some other selfish, egomaniacal things for me." And we let you go. And then the little boy wants to let him go, and then he summons a raven, and the dad makes the little boy shoot the raven, and then tells the little boy that he's stupid anyway, now, even though he did the thing he was meant to do. Now, even though uh, you're calling him a little boy, this has been a time jump, so he must be 17 or some such. He's a teen at this point. He's yeah, a little bit older, yeah. It's sad. Uh, it's a very poignant moment as well. You see that the Sandman is, has tears in his eyes as he sees his pet raven um, yeah. dead on the floor. And, and the boy looks to him and he stands up in my favourite moment of the whole show, because um, he's sitting down completely naked, all kind of arms wrapped around himself and he stands up opens his arms it's kind of like behold my my naked body here is my genitalia <laughs> like, i wonder how many takes they had to do for the other actor not to like give that curious glance down because he just maintains eye contact the whole time just a quick comparison yeah we yeah we're all guilty <laughs> of it um 
that scene actually happens much later on uh, at another death outside the glass dome that they've trapped right. the Sandman in. That scene actually takes place after the death of the father. That's later on in the episode. Um, ah, something right. Okay. We, something we forgot to mention is that the Sandman had all of his tools uh, robbed from him. So whenever he was summoned, he was wearing a helmet. He had a ruby and he also had a bag of sand. Bag of sand, oh, a ruby amulet type thing that he wore on his neck and a helmet, which is like a big, it's like a gas mask with an elephant trunk, basically. What is the spine that's coming out of it? It's a spine, right. So that's so very similar to a plague doctor's mask. Yeah, it gave me those vibes. Um, but once he takes off the that horrible stuff, he's a sexy guy, <laughs> and behold, and, and and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose the only other notable thing I can think of is um, a nice blonde lady arrives to the house. So basically, there's, there's these crowds outside the house all the time trying to get in to like get the maggots to do some magic, I guess. And they have like some debaucherous parties and things. And some of them get turned away if they're already too full or he wants to go to bed or whatever. They don't go into the reasons, but the kid comes out to turn a big crowd away. And this blonde girl arrives and helps him to convince the others to leave. And then she's like, so since I helped you, can I come in? And then she moves in and gets pregnant by the maggots. <laughs> yeah. She just kind of hangs about for ages and ages and ages. It's never quite explained. It's or her role is never really made clear at all. No. Um, she just shows up. Now, she's an incredibly important character she features in later episodes. Does she? Right. Uh, um, oh, yeah. What she basically does in this episode is not very much till she gets pregnant, and then she takes all the, ha- the hat, and the, not the hat, the, the mask <laughs> and the uh, the ruby and things, and some a lot, a lot of money, like they say, like 200K or like a lot of money. And then That was just, back in the day as well. Yeah, and runs off with all of that stuff. Um, and we see that her baby's born healthily later, and yeah, I mean that's that's it really. She she comes and then she eventually leaves. But he's kind of like, oh, I'll bring her back here because apparently I can just make people come back because I own them, you know. Which I that whole vibe. But he is the father. He does have certain rights, but also no, oh, that was a weird. He was just an arrogant monster. He was uh, a terrible at, person. At that point, he does go to her try and negotiate with. Uh, the dream that he's willing to release the dream if he goes out, captures your one, and also maybe you know just a wee touch of immortality and grand. Yeah, so he says he comes into this guy that he's held captive for ten years. It's like, oh no, this this woman that I was really treating quite poorly has left and taken some things with her. Like the the utter shock that someone that I treated poorly would then turn the tables and and treat me poorly in return. I, I can't believe it. And now you, who I've treated very, very poorly indeed, how about you help me? But in doing so, I want you to ca- get that woman back. But also <laughs> you, the things that I've been asking you to do for 10 years that you've said no to, I do still need you to do those as well as another prerequisite. And like, also, I, I love how he also says that she robbed you. Yeah, she stole your things that I first stole, and now like I need you to get her back. To you, you know, but still give me the immortality and bring back my son and all the other things. I still need those as well. <laughs> Come on, chop chop. And then he hits um, his son with a stick. Oh yes, and then eventually uh, there's a fight between the father and the son. The father hits the uh, back of his head off the dome that's con- uh, keeping the the dream. Con- and all of that it's not exactly the most dramatic death 
Um, it the was death crazy. was very weak. The sun pushes him, he taps his head, there's a little trickle of blood. And I was like, okay, he's going to not like that. And then all of a sudden he's on the floor with millions of blood and he's dead. And I was like, what? Like, that <laughs> didn't seem like... I didn't expect that. I thought there was going to be more. You know, I thought he was going to try to hit yeah. the sun stick again. The sun was going to fight back a bit more. He's just like, no, he's dead. And his dying, spiteful words are, you're never getting out of that glass cage. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate that it's a more realistic death. Death is generally not dramatic, mm. I guess. No I dying know. words to his son. <laughs> no, no. Um, like, I thought, like this sense. is worse. Not even angry dying words. Not even you just killed me. Like, nothing. Like, I have no interesting thoughts about you in any way positive or negative oh that's even worse yeah it is <laughs> i didn't even think of that wow um yes and now the uh, young lad is the master of the house and he has every right to release the dream and that's when we have the scene of the dream standing up this is um, where it is yeah and this is where i stop liking the dream because I understand his stubbornness. I understand why he didn't want to give in to the guy for 10 years, whatever it was. Now the son says, look, I don't want immortality or any of that, you know, selfish stuff. Just tell me that if I let you out, you won't hurt me and you can go. And he still just refuses to say anything and sits there for like decades more. And we have a big jump with his son's nine old man in a wheelchair with his like partner. And it's what... Like, well, at this point, it's like, why didn't you just say, yeah, I'll not hurt you. And then I might, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not imprisoning yourself at this point, you know. And yeah. even as an old man, the son says to him, like, I just wanted you gone. You wouldn't give me the assurance that you wouldn't kill me if I let you out. I don't know why you've done this. <laughs> I suppose in some ways he doesn't want to lie. And he, the boy did kill his raven. Oh, but the boy was, he saw that the dad was mistreating the boy and made him kill oh, the raven. at what point do you have to take responsibility for your own actions? No, that boy was like in a bad situation, trying to impress the father that was abusing him and called him an idiot for not shooting the bird. And then he shot the bird and then called him an idiot for shooting the bird and then hit him with a stick. <laughs> so I feel oh, bad for the boy. Everybody has a bad uh, backstory. We actually look into everybody. Everybody shoots the raven and gets hit with a stick. Yeah, it's part of growing yeah. up. It's just, it's character development. It's character building. I, I'm sorry. At some point, you do have to take responsibility. Sorry, I'm also a massive fanboy of the dream. So anything he does. Oh, like look, friends. I do like him, but he lost me a little bit. Because there's also this thing where, so we should mention an important backstory. Without the dream, um, there's problems in the world, right? So like some people are in a sleep they can't get out of. Some people are never able to sleep. They're just like wandering around begging to be able to go to sleep. Um, and there's people in like kind of in between states. So there's a bit of a, like a decades long sleep crisis in the world. About a century, yeah. And he has no interest in fixing this. Um, you know, he could have got let out of the cage uh, by just saying, I won't harm you. And then gone and fixed all this stuff. And he doesn't want to do that. He's not interested. I thought that was so, quite selfish. I guess in a few ways there, he is a fundamental essence of the universe. Uh, he shouldn't have to bend his knee to humanity. And he does view humanity as a collective. Yes, so you said this during the episode and I thought, that's fine if it weren't for two things. The first is that like it literally is his job to make the people wake up and go to sleep and have his sand. Like that's just what he does. So he's not doing that right now. And he has the chance to go back and continue doing that. Um, so it's like, oh, you're a force of nature. It's like, yeah, but you're not doing the thing that you could now just go and do. You're, you're given your freedom if you'll take it. But also yeah. at the end of the episode, 
when he gets back to his little palace and he's like, right, crunch time. These people, everything's wrong. I will not have it. I'm going to fix it. It's like, well, hold on. You had the chance <laughs> to fix it there about 50 years ago. Don't don't give me all this drama now. Like, they actually go humans, into, what are they doing? They go into a little bit of detail in that in, for, in future episodes, actually. Um, it's quite a while off. We'll talk about it when we get to it. Mm. But I, I suppose on another part of it, like talking about uh, the dream sees humanity as one. So there was the Magnus who was being horrible to him, has kidnapped him, and he's you know depriving him of pretty much anything, even entertainment. He's just locked him in a basement. Um, and there's also all of the guards that are coming and making sure that nothing happens to him. And so we've yeah. used them all of that's humanity, and they're all brutal, and they are all just terrible people. Like all of the people are just terrible. That's my experience of the people I've encountered right now. Fair. And I suppose the wrap up here is he manages to make some kind of dream sequence happen with uh, one of the security guards, makes him shoot him, he's in the glass cage, shoots the glass cage, escapes. So that's that's how he gets out, basically. Oh, yes. No, that's a massive fundamental point, is it's while he's begging for the dream to talk to him, the old man sits in a wheelchair, and the wheelchair scuffs the writing on the wall, that, or writing on the floor that was um, keeping he the dream He broke the circle. Sealed. And now that the glass is broke, he can go out of the glass and then go out of the circle. So, yeah. And then he uh, confronts the sun. And it's actually a lot nicer in the series, what he does. In the comic books, he actually uh, forces the sun to go through this nightmare sequence of forever waking up. I think the sun was better to him than the dad was. I don't know why he would punish him. What does he decide? This is a blank for me. He doesn't, does he kill him? What does he do to him in the series? In the series, he just says he uh, wipes the boundaries between dreams and nightmare and blah, blah. It gives him some weird punishment. It's very glossed over. Mm. Um, in the comic books, it's a lot worse. But he does punish the son for his behavior, but he did spend an entire lifetime essentially being a coward and not letting the dream out, even though the dream, the world was chaos. Well, the son must feel silly now because he didn't kill him. Uh, well, it's he's like, oh, turn- he could have let him out 50 years ago. He yeah, is but maybe for the rest of his life. Maybe if he'd let him out all those years ago, he wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. He didn't say. There was yeah. nothing he could do, but either way, the son did choose to be, um, I don't know. And we have three things that happen, well, four things that happen that make us want to watch the next episode, I suppose. So one is that he just escaped, right? So there's there's, there's something there. Um, the second is the baby is born to the blonde girl, okay? Mm-hmm. The third is um, we then see the cool octagonal glasses chap. And he's in a room and we see that behind his glasses, he's got weird, bloody eye things. And he has someone in a chair that he's taken their eyes out. So there's something he, going on with him. He's got mouth. He's got two mouths for eyes. Little mouth eyes. Little mouth eyes with teeth and everything. But he can bite oh, right, I didn't actually spot the detail, but he was, he was bleeding from it, I think. Maybe that was, I don't know. Oh, no, he, he had eaten an eyeball with his eyes. Oh, so he was just wiping that he away, was, right? He was dribbling. And the fourth thing is the dream gets back to his own realm to discover that he's been gone for a century and his palace is all in collapse and his people have all left. Either they went to find him or they thought he's not coming back. And he's like, how dare they not trust me? You've been gone for a century, mate. A century, you know. He didn't just pop to the shops, so. What's a century to him? It must be a blink of an eye. I mean, apparently, because he didn't seem that bothered in his cage when he never spoke. But it's only at the end of the episode where he really... We get more dialogue from him now, and he's like saying, "What's happening to my, you know, realm and, and that kind of thing." 
Um, and I, I just mentioned the actor thing. I'll hold on. I got to learn all these lines. Like, what about the other bit? Yeah. Where I was just naked in the cage. <laughs> There's something I love about the dream as well in the series. It's not explained very well is he always talks very quietly so yeah i don't think he ever see him shout and i just thought that's a nice feature because he is the dream and it's more like he doesn't want to wake people up Mm -hmm. so he talks very softly the entire time good jawline very and nice cheekbones as well Mm -hmm. i think that's us (laughs) we're gonna end it on that weird note (laughs) weirdly we finished on I'm not a very important point. It's like, here's some cliffhangers and the man was pretty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I should say that I, I really liked it. I was very skeptical going in. Um, it could still all go wrong, but I think it was good. And also, I think that we we didn't make any notes because I wasn't sure, you know, I, I wanted to know, make sure I liked it before I sort of said, let's, let's do the podcast. So this is very spontaneous tonight. And I liked it. And I said, okay, we, we just watched it. It's fresh. No notes. Let's go. Improv. And we we did it. And we did quite well. And while you were preparing a tea <laughs> before we recorded, I immediately already had a theme tune ready. And that's ridiculous because that was very fast. And thank that song is Hypnopompia by Wiggly Fred and the Cabajagogo um, from, I believe, circa 1984. And I think that it's not released and you will not maybe find it anywhere. Um, there might be an old YouTube knocking about. I'm not sure. But thanks to Wiggly, as always, he, he, he's uh, the chap who lets us use all the theme tunes for all the podcasts. So thanks to Wiggly of Trapdoor. Um, I think that's us. I'm going to put the first episode out on the Books Boys feed and things like that to let people see it. And then if they like it, they can come back and things. And we'll put some more on the, on the Patreon. And there's 10 episodes uh, on this uh, on this one. So. I'm just delighted. I feel like this is the gateway for you into all of the other comic books. It is. Give me two months and I'll be like, have you seen the new Spider-Man reboot? <laughs> They're rebooting it. Would you believe it? They're rebooting it. It's never been done since last year. It's the origin story of Spider-Man again. And it'll be fantastic, you know? So. Okay, maybe not quite that far. Fine, <laughs> fine. Oh, there's. I saw some comics when I was abroad and um, they had like Superman, Superboy, which I'd never heard of, and G.I. Joe, and then Woody Woodpecker. And I thought that was brilliant. They just like, oh, well, we've run out of superheroes. How about Woody Woodpecker? You know, comic books aren't all just superheroes. It's just that happens to be the most popular genre that's translated into that. For reasons. Look, give me the Woody Woodpecker in the MCU. I might see that one. What about Asterix and... Um, Asterix and Obelisk. Yeah, it's, it's all right, I guess. And I, I'm happy with the likes of um, the Airshay ones, Tintin, yeah, Tantan. But just, I don't know, just give me a Woody Woodpecker film, Marvel, if you're listening. Or they don't own the rights to that, probably. Oh. Whoever owns Woody Woodpecker, which, which behemoth in the media industry own the rights to Woody Woodpecker? Get, get, get that one uh, going. Look, we have Sandman. I'm happy with that. That's all we needed. And we have a good adaptation of it. Okay. Well, today we have entered the Sandman. And... Um, I haven't. Well. That's... that's Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I was trying anyway. to... It was the first episode. <laughs> so it was the, the enter. And it was the Metallica <laughs> reference. Um, that's it. Have a nice. sleepy day. Sleepy night. Have a good, have a good night. Good night.
<laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.